0: We continue our reading from the book of 1 Samuel, coming today to chapter 14. We'll read verses 1 to 23. It's a rather long chapter. So 1 Samuel 14, verses 1 to 23. Now, you get a real sense as you're reading these early chapters of Samuel that it's pretty much the book of Judges continuing. You had a great man, but they had a great man before. And he led a reformation. God bless him. Samuel's gone now. They have Saul. He's got his virtues. He's courageous. He's got some skill. But as we've discovered in chapter 13, he is not a man after God's own heart. And, uh, and so things are going to begin going badly in the kingdom of Saul. But we really meet in this chapter, I think, one of the most lovely personalities in all of Scripture, Jonathan, the son of King Saul. We're not told that much about him until now. He's a grown man. He's a very able and valiant man, And it's very clear that Jonathan is a man of faith. By the way, uh, there are no vices ever recorded in the life of Jonathan. I'm not saying he didn't have them. But he's a very rare person. Of course, he's David's loyal covenant friend. It's not by chance that we have a child named Jonathan because it's just such a lovely picture of redeemed manhood. And and his story begins here because Israel has a problem. Namely, the Philistines semi-occupy them. Uh, they're near Michmash. They're near Gibeah, Saul's hometown. And there's like a reinforced Philistine fortress right there. It'd be like there's an enemy occupation in Greenville County, maybe a couple of blocks down the road. And, and they don't really know what to do about it. And so Jonathan goes forth. He's going to make a reconnaissance, which is always a good thing to do. And um, And he sees him there and he makes this wonderful statement that shows you who he is in verse 6. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And what Jonathan's going to show us is the reason that Israel is weak is not because the Lord lacks power. It's not because the Lord is ready to answer his people when they trust him. It's not because he doesn't answer prayer. No, it's because we don't pray. It's because we don't trust him. We don't act in faith. And certainly that was true in Saul's day. And so Jonathan's going to lay out a fleece. That's a term that comes from the book of Judges with Gideon, literally. He, was, needed, some, he needed a yes-no answer from God, and he laid his fleece on the ground if there was dew a certain day, if there was no dew the next day. And he's got his fleece, Jonathan's fleece is this. Well, we'll let the Philistines see us. And if they say, stay down there, well, we'll do that. But if they jeer at us and say, why don't you come up? That's the Lord speaking, and we'll go up. Now, I do want to not recommend this procedure to you, you and I live in the in the age of the outpoured Holy Spirit where uh, we don't make decisions by rolling dice. We really don't. Uh, we, we're, we make decisions by becoming biblically minded. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we would be able to, to discern in a biblical way. But there are times in the Bible where we see the Lord responding to faith and the Lord is generous. Basically, Jonathan and his armor bearer climb the cliff and assault the Philistines by themselves, and God supernaturally allows them to slay about 20 people, and then God throws the rest into a panic, and there's a great victory. And Saul is watching this. He's in confusion. He doesn't understand how one man can save Israel. Now, I want to say right now, because we're going to see this when we get to David, we're going to see this theme of one man saving Israel. And there's a lot for us to learn from Jonathan. I think of William Carey's great motto of the missionary movement, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. Well, that's what Jonathan did, and we should take that motto up. Let's, let's, let's believe in the Bible. Let's believe in a sovereign God. Let's begin acting in faith and see what he can do. That's the spirit that won this. That's all true. But the victory that's produced by one man in the book of Samuel is a picture of Jesus Christ. And here's where Jonathan gets to be a type of Jesus Christ. It is the Lord who overthrows our enemies. And then like the Israelites at the end of of our portion, we might as well join in. He calls us to follow him. Uh, This is a lovely, very interesting, engaging passage as we are introduced to the faith of Jonathan. Well, let's give ear to the reading of God's holy, inerrant and life-giving word, beginning at verse 1 of 1 Samuel 14. One day, Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who carried his armor, come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying in the outskirts of Gibeah in the pomegranate cave at Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men, including Ahijah, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the, the priest of the Lord in Shiloh, wearing an ephod, and the people did not know that Jonathan had gone." Within the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a rocky crag on the one side and a rocky crag on the other. The name of the one was Bozes, the name of the other was Senna. The one crag rose on the north in front of Michmash, the other on the south in front of Giba. Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And his armor-bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul." Then Jonathan said, "'Behold, we will cross over to the men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place, and we will not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, then we will go up, for the Lord has given them into our hands, and this shall be the sign to us.'" So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines, and the Philistines said, "'Look, Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they've hidden themselves.'" And the men of the garrison hailed Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me, for the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Then Jonathan climbed up on his hands and feet and his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed them after him. And that first strike, which Jonathan and his armor bearer made, killed about 20 men within, as it were, a half of Pharaoh's length in an acre of land. And there was a panic in the camp, in the field, and among the people. The garrison and even the raiders trembled. The earthquake, and it became a very great panic. And the watchmen of Saul and Gibeah and Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude was dispersing here and there. Then Saul said to the people who were with him, Come and see who has gone from us. And they, when they counted, behold, Jonathan and his armor-bearer were not there. So Saul said to Ahijah, Bring the ark of God here, for the ark of God was at that time with the people of Israel. Now, while Saul was talking to the priest, the tumult in the camp of the Philistines increased more and more. So Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand. Then Saul and all the people who were with him rallied and went into the battle. And behold, every Philistine's sword was against his fellow. And there was very great confusion." Now, the Hebrews who'd been with the Philistines before that time and had gone up with them into the camp, even they also turned to be with the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Likewise, when all the men of Israel who'd hidden themselves in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were fleeing, they too followed hard after them into the battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed beyond Beth-Avon. The grass withers, the flowers fall, and the word of our God abides forever." Amen.